0: All right, welcome back. Thanks for rolling podcast. Coming to you from a Friday night, which never happens. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff. I am here with my co-host, Pat, as always. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Evening. How are you? Doing great. Uh, Pat, we have a big show today. Tonight,
1: we are joined in studio by my sensei, John Boteo, all the way from 10th Planet, Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome, John. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Made the long trip out here to
0: the frigid <clears throat>
2: northeast it ain't that bad it ain't that bad. I thought it was going to be worse but <laughs> you, it ain't that
0: bad you've been lucky we had uh we've had a few periods recently where all of a sudden it was freezing ass cold but now I, 30 I think is okay for me like I'm like all right all right 30 40 degrees I can make it mm-hmm. so yeah
2: well pat 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 uh saved me from that cuz I told him I wanted to come out sooner and he's like are you sure <laughs> it's going to be snow it's going to be really cold I was like uh I'll I'll take your word for it yeah. so yeah whenever he I told him whenever he was ready so yeah. yeah i
1: think we talked back in like november and i'm just like we should give it a few months yeah
0: <laughs> yeah let's get through the push yeah that's good good plan
1: yeah even you know was it march march 4th mm-hmm. it's a little risky we have snow on the ground it could have been zero degrees it just snowed last week but we got a nice yeah nice window in the weather for you i think tomorrow is going to be like mid 40s yeah that'd be good yeah it'd be
0: good lucky so we have, um, I was just saying to the guys before we actually kicked off here, that we actually have adult beverages in the house. <laughs> Want to give a little shout out to your brewery here that we're, you're drinking?
1: We're drinking the finest beverages from the Broadbrook Brewing Company
0: in Suffield, Connecticut. And I have uh, Tinbridge Brewing Company in Westfield, Massachusetts. So we got what, what flavors do you have there?
1: Um, I have the the, the the Doppelbach Lager. Great name. It's got some Chewbacca artwork on right, it. Right now, we're going to get flagged for right. uh, not have, right, demonetized because <laughs> you brought up Chewbacca.
0: Are I have okay? the
2: Beer de Peach, which I guess it means beer of peach. <laughs> peach beer? Yeah. It's uh, from the Broadbrook Brewing Company.
1: That's a really good one. It's,
2: it's Belgian Blondel with cinnamon, vanilla, and peaches. It tastes pretty good. It does sound good. Mm-hmm.
0: And I have the uh, Sour Hour number 12, which I don't really know what's in it, just that it's supposed to be sour. So. Anyway, just thought I'd highlight that for a little Friday change of pace. Some local us. small businesses, yeah, exactly, giving them the the push. So, well,
2: we started three minutes ago and mine's half gone. So nice. Perfect. Well, we have, we have a whole fridge here, right perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty good. It's pretty good beer. Starting off the right way. Yes.
1: Yep. Good call. <clears throat> so we've been waiting on this podcast for a while. Um, we've done we've done a handful of podcasts over Zoom, and it's fine. But when it came to trying to get John on the podcast, I was. Content to wait until we could get them out here in person. I think it just goes a lot better in person. The Zoom thing gets a little glitchy. You get a lot of talking over each other because you don't have you have that little lag. So like you don't have that cue when the person's in front of you talking.
2: And then when it's spaced out a lot, like it just seems weird. Yeah. People are having like a uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: The silence that's there. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you can't have adult beverages. Yeah. Yeah, that's not nearly
1: as fun, at least. Twitter. So I just picked up, what time is it now? It's like 7 o'clock. I picked up John a couple hours ago, stopped at home, ran to the gym here. We just went up and invaded Ryan Santiago's Friday night class. It's usually my Friday night class, but he's uh, covering for me tonight. Actually, we get up there, and Nate was teaching his, um, that north-south choke, oh, kind of halfway darse thing that he's been showing people.
2: Mm-hmm. We used to call it the... The reverse arm triangle the rat okay that's what we used to go that's why i asked him if he put his hands together when he did it but i like how he does it it's a good it's a it's a good little uh for for his body type it's yeah it, it, works. it
1: works Nate has the, a lot of really neat stuff so he's a he's a purple belt he's been training with us coming up on two years so he he was living out in utah and moved back here nice um basically right before right during the pandemic and his brother's four kids have been training with us for a long time, so awesome. He joined the team um He's got a really funky game. It works cool. really well with his body style. He does a lot of weird shit that he said from the beginning, everyone's always told him it was wrong, and don't do that and he
0: it crushes works. with it. yeah it works. Some of the most miserable roles I've ever had in my life are yeah. against him. It's like it's unbelievable nice. miserable where you're like, just to get me out of here, please, can I be done? yeah, he's one of the so. only guys I've rolled with in recent history that's made me
1: almost panic from yeah. being mounted it's just yeah it's next level
2: that um <laughs> that's that's kind of what it was like rolling when i first started jujitsu was like i tell the guys uh in my school when when someone's passing your guard and it's uncomfortable it should feel like oh you mean if i let you pass it'll stop hurting mm. yes mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed to feel like mm. so it's it, I, I i would say he's on the right track yeah <laughs> yeah
1: We've been pushing that concept a lot. Making, make the person
0: want you to pass. Mm.
2: Make them so uncomfortable that they just want to give it to you, just so it'll stop hurting.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to get like t- too far out of the lane here, but John just stopped up to when they stopped up to see the class. I walked up and you know you were uh, giving a little bit of instruction, then talked about that essential thing, right? And Ryan made a comment about cooking, which we, I think we might have talked yeah. about in PJ was here, right? Cook the beans and. I've definitely noticed that some of the older, maybe even some of the bigger guys are definitely trying to take that to heart. Like I, I roll with that guy, Ryan, all the time. He's probably my main training partner and definitely will say to each other afterwards, like, yep, you cooked the shit out of me then, right? Like, definitely <laughs> yeah. no. And I, or I hear, I hear you say it. Like, just cook them. You got one minute left. Just cook them. Like, and it has made a huge difference just from, like, a mental perspective of, like, all right, let me just – I, I can't keep up with those <coughs> youngsters like you were talking about, right? Like yeah. the the athletic guys, like a Jameson. I'm like, I, I can't do this. I just have to hold on to him and make him as uncomfortable mm-hmm. as possible. But it definitely has made a difference. I guess is my point. Like that concept of you know, well, after a sure. just be like, <laughs> like frying him up,
2: you know. But, um, but like cooking, cooking's is one thing because sometimes cooking can be looked at as stalling. Yes, yes. So what I would say to somebody that's learning how to do that is like try to turn your try to try to play with angles. When it comes to cooking because you know a certain angle will have a certain effect so if you're just laying flat on them great you're doing you're you're on them but if you like if you turn your your torso or your ribs and you drop your ribs on their neck or like on their shoulder that might create more of an effect Mm. and then ryan your main training partner can say hey when you did that that really sucked yeah and then you could say okay i'm going to start playing with that and then you start experimenting. So yeah. don't just use it to use it. Use yep. it with kind of like a purpose of like experimentation, because yeah. they should—they're your best critics. Is yep. you know, like they give you the best critique of your of your game. Is hey, man, that sucked. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start using that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. That's good advice. Yep. You know? Appreciate that. Um,
2: I know when I, when I have when I have like students rolling with each other, and I I I hear one person go mm-hmm. like with that breath. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You hear that? That means they didn't like it. You yeah. Keep keep doing that, and 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 they'll keep doing it, and right. they'll they'll you know they'll mine some gold out of it. Yeah.
1: You know? I, I pointed that exact thing out to Sunshine <laughs> last night. We were, I don't even remember it exactly what we were doing, but he made a movement, and his partner made that mm-hmm. exact sound, and I pointed it out to him, you, "You hear that sound he made?" And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "That." <laughs> mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You want more of that? Mm. That's that's like. To a comedian, that's laughter. Yeah. You know, like to, <laughs> yeah. To you that to as a jujitsu practitioner, <laughs> you want that. Because that's a great point. If you can always make them feel like that on a, on a consistent basis, all you're doing is is you're you're wearing them down. You know, yeah, those are great points. Yep. yep. I've rolled with people and they said every time that you put pressure on me, I just want a turtle, which is great because I want your back. So mm. that means my game in itself is is going down the path that I want it to go down developing in the way that i want it to go down mm. so i've always loved being on the back so if you want to turn and get on your knees and give me your back great you know
0: yeah 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 It's good
1: points so taking a step back
3: mm-hmm.
1: how did you find your way into jujitsu? jitsu i'm gonna ask you a lot of questions and stories that i already know hey but we'll get it out there for the
2: people it's okay mm-hmm. well okay well growing up growing up i was always um kind of decent at wrestling like i remember was a friend of mine, his name we called him Cujo. His name was Sergio He was a skater. And he he did judo and he did jujitsu. And all I ever knew about wrestling was you pin, you, you put him like in a cradle and you put them on their shoulder and you count one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I knew with WWE. Um, so that's what I did to him, but I did it consistently. And he got pissed off. He would get pissed off, he'd get mad. And in my head, that always kind of stuck with me. Like, oh, I might be okay at this. And then, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years, I'm um, in the Navy, and I took my best friend Carlos Figueroa. I took him to a, I took him to an MMA event called Shogun, and it was a Frank Shamrock production. So, um, he was the promoter of the event, and I took him there, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like this is kind of like what I used to do with Sergio. Like I, it's like kind of like WWE, but it's not. And I had seen the UFC before, but I didn't really dive into it, uh, as much as I, as, as, as the rest of the people that I knew, um, I just kind of saw it as, you know, fighting. And then
3: <clears throat>
2: I actually talked to Frank Shamrock and I was a Ken Shamrock fan. So I was like, oh, that's Frank's, that's Ken Shamrock's brother. and I got to meet him. <laughs> so I went in and I talked to Frank and Frank was like, so cool. And, and I thought that they were going to be, I thought they were going to be like, unapproachable i thought they're going to be like wdbe like very ego and like characters and i thought i thought they were going to be you know assholes and frank was very very cool and and very open to talking to me and he actually invited me to party with them after and i was like i can't go party with you my wife's right here <laughs> you know so um, around what year was this uh 2001 uh i remember um I remember some big names were there like Chuck Liddell was there and he wasn't the Iceman yet. He was just some oh. MMA fighter. Huh. And Robbie Lawler was there walking around in a Kung Fu outfit. Um, I guess he was a <laughs> Kung Fu guy at the time and it was like his second professional fight, I think. And the tap out guys were there selling at a table. They weren't even rich yet, you know? So it was like very early on, um, as far as like jujitsu before it became mainstream and, or MMA rather. And <clears throat> And I just remember being very intrigued and very like, I felt like I was being drawn to it. And the next day, after I met Frank, because he was so cool, I was like, well, let me, I want to try this. So the next day I went and I sought out, uh, well, I looked in the yellow pages for House and Grace, or for Jiu-Jitsu, <clears throat> and I found House and Grace Jiu-Jitsu, and it was downtown Honolulu. And and we were there, and and, and I remember I scheduled the excuse me a trial class with my 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 buddy carlos we went we tried it out and i just remember helson always complimenting him that he was doing it correctly perfect he was like exactly my friend exactly and me he'd be like no 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 not you and then carlos would do it exactly exactly and then me no no not you." and then he would always correct me and i was like man i'm never gonna get this so uh so yeah that's that's how i got drawn in i I went to see, I went to see that MMA event and, and I, and I, I felt like I was like, I want to try this. So I went and I tried and I signed up. So, um, so Helson was
1: my first, was he like, he had, was he around like 50 at that time? I think so.
2: I think so. He was, he was, yeah, he was like in his fifties, maybe, maybe late forties, early fifties. Yeah. Um, but he always had, he always had these cute local girls with him. I'm just kidding. You know, Gracie's are, Gracie's are, 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 uh, you can edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no editing, John. You're in. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, but, but yeah, no, um, they procreate a lot. So I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, Helston was like his late forties, maybe early fifties. And, and one of my good friends, Steve Hordinsky, was training there. He was a Brown belt. And he's actually a black belt in Colorado now. And we hooked up, we linked up maybe, I don't know, six or eight months ago. He came to my school. I saw that. We hadn't seen each other for 20 years and we rolled. And, and <coughs> back in the day, he, he would mop the, you could probably still mop the floor with me today. Cause I'm a little guy, but um, we had a roll, and it was like a is So great because even if you don't see somebody for a long time, you still have that connection of jujitsu. And, even though we hadn't seen each other in a long time, we rolled and it was just great. It was good times, it was good vibes. And um he's actually the guy <clears throat> he's actually the guy that when I was gonna quit jujitsu, he gave me one tip and I stuck to jujitsu till today. Like because I was on the verge of quitting because my friend Carlos would always use like he always says he was using technique, but he was using strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a little guy, I'll always say you're using strength. But but <coughs> but he, um, he would, he would, he would sometimes tend to use strength because, um, he was bigger. So like he would, um, he would can opener me and my guard and I didn't know that you could arm bar him there. So I arm barred him once and then he would, and then from then on he started standing up and he would just shake me off. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to, how to get him back down. So Steve showed me a shin sweep. He's like, you grab the ankle, you put your shin here, you pull the shin and then you and you extend and he'll fall and when i started doing it to carlos i had like a little i had a, I had an answer for what he was doing and that one thing that carlos was doing was going to make me quit jujitsu mm. because i thought well i thought a little guy was supposed to beat a big guy i thought i thought i had was supposed to have a chance and i didn't feel like i had a chance with him and then when i did that one little thing and it worked i was like oh I, there there is a way you know so it kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities and and I, uh, and I told Steve, thank you for that. Cause I said, uh, I was going to quit. I was, I was a white belt. I was going to quit. And you helped me that one day you, you Brown belt took the time to help me that one day. And I stuck with it. And 20 years later, I'm still doing wow.
1: it. Yeah. That's crazy. Those tiny little moments that probably didn't mean much to him at all at that time. Exactly. He was just helping out the, the, new, the new guy belt. on
2: the mats. Yeah. And, and that's why I like, um, there are times, and I and I and I've I've I'm I'm guilty of it, and we're all guilty of it. Is sometimes you you feel like some like you might I don't know like I don't want to say that you're wasting your time, but sometimes you feel like I don't want to help this guy. Mm-hmm. You know? He
1: probably gave out ninety nine other tips to white belts that went yeah. nowhere.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 I and I always say thank you to him for that because he took the time to help me. You know, hmm. I think
1: that's a powerful lesson for, for anybody, for everyone as they're coming up to always offer that, that piece Take that of advice. Second. Yeah. Take
2: that second to help, you know? um, Yeah, it's, it's really important because, because to you, it might not be nothing, but to them, it's, it's everything to them. Like they need, they mm-hmm. really need help, you know? And it, and sometimes as a white belt, you don't want to go ask the higher belt, right? You know, you you don't want to bother them.
1: So that was in hawaii you're
2: in the navy i was in the navy and then so the navy sends you places yeah so then so so the navy sent the navy uh, i was on sea duty then and then then everybody in the navy they tell you well the navy always do shore duty you need to go do shore duty so i went to sh- i took shore duty in san diego and i i had a I i wanted to make sure that that there was jujitsu there because i could have went closer to home but there was no jiu-jitsu. And I was like, ah, no. I don't need jujitsu. So and home was Texas. Texas. Corpus I could have went to Corpus Christi. And my wife at the time, she um, she wanted to be closer to home, but she said she didn't want to be that close because she didn't want them visiting every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> said, close enough to where we can visit <laughs> when we want to, but uh-huh. not close enough where they can visit all the time. <laughs> and I said, Okay. And then it ends up we go to San Diego and then she misses home so much, she goes home and then the divorce happens. But um she's a small part of this story so um the divorce happens and then it's settled and it's done but i still continue training right and then um carlos who i started jujitsu with gets his blue butt from helson in hawaii and then i started training with fabio santos in san diego and then fabio fabio was a uh, part of the hickson gracie association he was a black belt under hickson so i would sometimes make the drive to la to seek out hickson's hickson's um, teaching and um <clears throat> well okay so then so then um i'm training with fabio for like a year uh a year or so and then i get my blue belt and i got my blue belt from fabio and then uh what's it called uh and then i'm with fabio for a little while and then i have my daughter my daughter jacqueline and then jacqueline's born and then i take a little hiatus from jiu-jitsu and then i end up and then i end up Moving to Arizona. I get out of the Navy and then I'm moving to Arizona. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me let me let me retract. Let me um let me uh digress.
1: So real quick as you're digressing for the listeners that aren't familiar, at that time training with Fabio Santos is Dean Lister. Yeah.
2: Jeff well, Higgs. Jeff Higgs, yeah. Jocko Willink. Yeah, Jocko's there. Jocko's there. Um, Jimmy Sanchez is there. There's so there's so many people. Hmm. And uh, what are
1: at that time they're what? Purple belts, brown
2: belts? Yeah. So I don't remember what Jocko was, because Jocko was there every now and then. He was always quiet and he, would, <laughs> he was always quiet, but he was a big guy. He was just quiet and he would just be able to he would be training, of course. But Jeff Higgs was there. I remember I wrote Jeff Higgs once and he just annihilated me. <laughs> and I had, and, and i had, and I don't know if it was just but he would roll hard with everybody. And I and that was just his style, you know? Um and I never took it personally. I never took it personally. Um but yeah, that's how that's how some of the brown belts were. Uh, and I remember um, there was this Korean guy, and he owned a bunch of Wiener Schnitzels. I forget his name, <laughs> but he trained with Fabio, and he was always getting privates. And that guy, he would he would hurt people. That guy, I don't remember his name, but I know somebody out there listening <laughs> <laughs> this They know who they are. <laughs> and I remember I remember I was in the, when I was in the Navy, I had break had break. I was at I was in um, Point Loma. And I went, I drove by, and there was a Wienersen, so when I stopped, and he's in the back <laughs> stocking, and I'm like, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, I own it. And I'm like, what? He didn't even give me a, a discount. Like <laughs> I was like, damn it. But, yeah, so. Um,
1: I think that's just some good context, because obviously everyone now knows who Jocko is. Yeah, Everyone in Jiu-Jitsu knows who Dean is. And yeah. a lot of people don't know who Jeff Higgs is, but he gave he Dean, his Dean his black, black belt. yeah. yeah. Who gave Jocko his black belt. So at the same time.
2: Yeah, I was good. That's I, John's training. Oh, yeah. I was, I was there when all that was going down and it just made, it made me feel not awkward, but it just made me feel like, damn, what the hell's going on?
1: Yeah. They had a weird falling out.
2: Yeah. It was a falling out. And I I just, I just felt like, like it was so much happening at a school where I was like, like, I didn't know that all that could happen. I didn't know that, that, that all that was involved. Mm. In, and, in, in in jiu-jitsu. And it's because Dean was doing no-gi and he wanted to do no-gi. Fabio wanted him to do the gi and that's just how it goes sometimes at some schools. And I respect all of them, but um, I mean, you see Dean went his way and he did his thing and then he cemented in history. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was right around the time he won his
2: first ADCC. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so yeah, I was there about 2000 three wait, well, yeah so i left i left um hawaii in oh three so then yeah i was there in 04. so it was right after dean on 2003 huh. that's crazy yeah so dean was already training by himself he, w- he had his own spot um but yeah dean would be there and and, and jocko would be there and there was another guy called dr muscles i forgot his <laughs> name he passed away but i, c- I can't remember his name but he had a son that trained there too. Uh he had Jimmy Sanchez, who J- Jimmy's a black belt under Dean too. Um, he was there, and he would always leg lock me. Tino Martinez was there. Tino, um, I I I caught up with him when Eddie was gonna when me and him started touching base when Eddie was in a fight Hoyler again. And we bet a rash guard, and he never paid me. <laughs> well, because it was a draw, but we all know who won. <laughs> we all know mm-hmm. who won. It was a draw because it, it was like, all right, if 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 Eddie wins, if Eddie wins, you give me a rash guard from your school. And then if Dean – if Hoyler uh, wins, I'll give you a rash guard from my school. Nice. All right. And then, okay, cool. And, and history – happened. I mean, it happened. We all know what happened, mm-hmm. but I never got my payment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so did you start training with Eddie when you were still in San Diego or not until you moved to Arizona?
2: No, when I was in San Diego um, – I kind of, I mean, I liked, I, I mean, I was training in the gi, but I just felt like um, maybe it was just me and and my, it was me being, uh, me kind of like feeling like, uh, I felt like I was being stagnant. Like I felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over again for me, but maybe it's because I was attacking the same way over and over again. Looking back with like new eyes, I look back and I say, well, maybe I was just doing the same attacks. Maybe that's why I started getting like kind of un- uninterested in the gi. And then uh a brown belt in there in in the school one night he twisted me and i was like what was that and he yeah. said it's the twister and i said where'd you learn that and he goes he goes this guy in la named eddie bravo does it and then that name stuck with me i was like eddie bravo eddie bravo okay and then and then um i was driving to la to get try to get the chance to train with hickson hickson was so infrequent like he was so he was his schedule fluctuated so much because he wasn't really at the school because his son had passed away a few years before and and he wasn't there so um so it was hard to get lessons with him and then that guy the one that twisted me said well why don't you go train with eddie bravo he's in la and then i was like okay so i set it up for my birthday to go train with eddie so i went to train with eddie and i thought he wasn't going to show up and then he showed up. He walked into the back of the bomb squad with his backpack. He was he was twenty um, minutes late. Participating in some <laughs> he was participating in some of, of God's cabbage. <laughs> and he came in and and he taught he taught swim move to spider web, spider web arm crush. And I think he taught Silverado as well. But I still remember the first class, of what he taught me, because he was so like, not he was kind of like militant, like he would just call out the move, he'd call out the number, and then you do the move, you do the number, and just step by step by step, and 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 it really stuck with me the way he taught, and I said, oh, this is cool, I like this, and, and, I, and then I never went back, mm-hmm. I never went back to the gi, I just stayed, I wanted to just do no gi. After so that.
1: that was the very beginning stages of Eddie teaching, right?
2: Um, well that was the first body he taught at. So this was like, Oh five. When I met him.
1: So he was what a couple of years in, he yeah. started his school in Oh three.
2: Yeah. Oh three or He started his school and then, um, yeah. So Oh five is when I met him and. My, yeah. I've considered him my instructor ever since.
0: Were you, um, did you end up moving to LA or did you tra- or traveling no, back and forth. travel traveling? I would travel
2: back and forth. Um, and I would, you know, Every now and then I'd go up there, but um, he always thought I was one of Dean Lister's guys. He's like, "You're Dean's guy, right?" And I said, "No, nah, man, Fabio." He goes, ah, "Same thing." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can hear him saying that. That's yeah.
0: hilarious. Yeah,
2: yeah, but he always thought I was Dean's guy. And then, and then my goal was, my goal uh, initially was: first, he's gonna know who I am; he's gonna remember who I am; and then I'm gonna get a black belt from him. And then, I'm, both happened. So. Uh there were no other schools other than other than LA. And I was just in Eddie's ear. Like the first night I met him, I was like, You ever think about doing affiliates? If if you want to do affiliates, I'm I'm interested. You know, and look at as an instructor now looking at it, I was like, Man, that was kind of <laughs> kind of bold for me to do it. Who's this guy? Yeah. I don't even know this guy and he mm. wants to be an affiliate. So But I was down, I had a I had a buddy of mine and we would just drill. Eddie had the the, he had the book uh the first book not master in the rubber Jitsu unleashed Jitsu unleashed the mm. first one it's the he only had, one i don't have he had that one out and me and my buddy who also trained with fabio don't tell fabio um he also trained with fabio and we would he had some mats and we would like do the twister and we would do like the rubber guard and we would do stuff like that at his house and we didn't know if we were doing it because the we didn't know if we were doing it right because the pictures were so like broken up in the movement and that one was black and white right yeah and joe rogan was okay and the pictures were so broken up that you didn't know like you are like oh so but how did he get here and mm. I, whereas Master in the rubber guard was like so much well put together so so well put together that you could actually flow into the movement and be like oh okay I, I see how it goes um but yeah we didn't know we were doing it right so that's why we were like i was like well i'll just go up there and train and, and, and bring it back and I started showing him and, and we would just drill 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 drill.
1: So how many people are training with Eddie in a class at that time?
2: Uh I don't know like like I remember like the pro fighters would be in the back like by the punching bag. Like it was like Jason Chambers, Conor Hewn, Epstein, all these guys were back there. Um and then like the lighter guys were in the front like with with Eddie. Uh Eddie would Eddie would roll with everybody too. I would say in the class it was like 20 20 2022 um and i remember they would they would throw the mats on the floor and they would put mats around like the ellipticals Yeah, like the the (laughs) accordion mats right yeah and they would put they would put them around like the the (laughs) the stationary bike and the mirrors yeah so that people wouldn't run into them but yeah it was a good time it was a good time you really like i like i like that jujitsu because it was it was pre-internet so in in order to learn someone's style you really had you really had to seek out that master Mm -hmm. Whereas um now you just flick a button, which is okay, it's okay, but I really feel like um you have to feel you have to feel it mm. because Marcelo could tell you, grab the sleeve here, and Marcelo's gri- grip could be like a gorilla, and then he'll say, grab the sleeve here, and it won't work for you because your grip hasn't been as developed as Marcelo's, you know, so um it's really something that I feel like you you really have to feel, yeah that's why um when you see Eddie's books. When you see his these books and he's clinching on somebody, he's close to them, but you don't feel like you gotta squeeze. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a thing. yeah.
0: Had you um when did you get out of the navy?
2: I got out of the navy in two thousand six.
0: Okay. So you're still enlisted at that point when you were. Yeah, I'm still there, enlisted.
2: Yeah. I'm still enlisted and I'm working I'm working the day shift. Mm. So after I get off of work, I would drive up there or I would train with my buddy. And we would just go over the moves that we learned. And uh and yeah, we would just drill. Drill, drill, drill.
1: And you have your blue belt at that
2: point? I have my blue belt. Yeah. And then I ended up moving to Arizona, um, because I got out of the Navy. I end up moving to Arizona and I was just driving through. I was gonna drive back to Texas and then my sister convinced me to stay in Arizona. So she's like she's like, If you go home you're just gonna end up in prison or mm-hmm. dead. 'Cause you're gonna hang up with the same people that you were hanging out with when you were younger. And that was the whole reason why I joined the Navy was because I was like, I need to get out of here. So I got out I got out of there and and try to make myself better and then I'm just going right back into that mess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you get to Arizona, mm-hmm, you land in Phoenix. I land in it, Phoenix.
2: Yeah, I drive to Phoenix and everything just falls apart. It felt like it fell apart. Um, I right, got,
1: you, you had this consistent thing. You were training with your buddy. You were driving up to yeah see Eddie. Then you moved to a new state.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I get there and my sister says, well, you can stay with me, you know, until you get on your feet. And I said, great. So I got a job stocking groceries overnight at Bash's. And, and it was funny because, uh, the guys didn't know that I knew Spanish. They would like be talking shit about me in Spanish. <laughs> and they would put me in the freezer section <laughs> And then one night I just, when I when uh when I when I got a second job I got another job as a security security uh, security dispatcher, and when I quit I just walked off like cussing them on in Spanish and and they were like what Oops. this guy knows how to speak Spanish like, yeah I, I kind of told them a few choice words <laughs> and I walked off and then I got this job as a security as a security dispatcher for a company and I didn't know where anything was. Mm. i didn't know where nothing was i was like yeah. they're like we're we're in, we're in we're over here and i'd be looking like on google maps it's like i'm over here and i'm like oh, in my head i'm like i don't know where the fuck that is I don't yeah. know. so i'd just be looking on the map and i couldn't find it and i'm like bro you're gonna have to call somebody else <laughs> 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 we need a gas station we're running out of gas and i'm, like, I'm on the corner of this and this and i'm like i don't know what He's like, you're the dispatcher, dude. I was like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I just called to check in on you guys and make sure you got water and like everything's all sat and everything. He's like, yeah, everything's good. To make sure you're good, I do welfare checks. I don't know, I don't know where the fuck you are. Yeah. And then the guy's like, so the guy complains to the boss, and and then I hear that they're training my my replacement and they don't tell me. <laughs> so I just got kind of, I kind of got, I kind of got annoyed. And when I hear this, my boss, the guy that's my boss, is coming in. I'm coming in to relieve him. And he had already done like an eight hour shift as dispatcher. And I said, so you're training my, you're training my replacement. And he's like, I'm like, why don't you tell me? And he's like, uh, he's like, well, I, I didn't, I didn't want to cause any friction between us or this and that. And I said, have fun working 16 hours. And I just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah. And, and, and then, uh, I just, really started i had put a little money away and i just really started training full-time and at this time i was training i was training with somebody who i don't really enjoy mentioning just because we had a we had a pretty good falling out um but if it wasn't for the fallout i wouldn't be teaching so um so in 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 order to tell the story i have to say it so i was training with this guy named eddie okay uh his name's eddie sanchez i was training with him and he owned a school uh he had a he had a, like a program, and it was inside of a gym called Seetan Gym, and and in that gym he did an all no gi program, and I was like, oh, it's all no gi, let's do it. So it was the only school in the valley that was all no gi. So I I drove I I drove I drove pretty far to to, to train with this guy, <clears throat> and then so I trained with this guy for a, for a while. I ended up getting my purple belt um, from him, and then and then he. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens. Some personal issues happen with him, I guess, and he decides to to start um, distancing himself, himself from the gym. He's like, "I'm gonna open up another school. I'm gonna be over here." So then the gym asks me, "Hey, do you want to teach? You're the next highest ranking guy." And I said, "Sure. I don't want to drive another twenty minutes. Another I don't want to drive an hour. I'm already driving forty five minutes one way. I don't want to drive an hour one way." So I start teaching there, and this is when I start finding my own way as an instructor so um and then i developed i developed the uh my own program and i called it deep impact jujitsu and i kind of wanted to stay on the space vibe a little bit so then i i just i i started deep impact jujitsu there at c gym and then um and then i was i was doing that for about a year and a half and then eddie had come out for one or two seminars Two seminars for sure and after the second seminar in 2007 he said 10 planet phoenixes he gave me the blessing and he's doing it different now where he you got to do like i don't know you got to do a lot of you got to know the warm-ups you got to have like 10 wins and and in competition and all this other stuff um so so yeah so i became i became eddie's first affiliate well there's it's kind of it's kind of weird with that because i think maybe somebody else might have had the green light before me but i think maybe fort worth might have had the green light before me but i think his school was being built Mm. but my school was like the first up and running like we had the website the same day we had all that boom right right there boom and i think his was still being being worked on but
1: i i run with it and just tell everybody you were the first that's what i say yeah good enough i always say that. there's no red tape you were uh ready to go
2: i know but I just, you know, I, just in case. Just in case. I want to tell the story the way it is. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I was the first up and running um, 10 Planet Affiliate outside of LA.
1: And for a little context, there's 130, 135, yeah. something like that now?
2: Yeah. And a few a few that, a few have come and gone that we thought were going to be, like, mega, mega schools. And and I'm just happy that that in my business practice I've always trusted my gut like I didn't go to I didn't do a business class or anything like that I just always trusted my gut and if something felt right I did it and if something didn't feel right I didn't do it mm-hmm. and it's just I've always just done that I maybe maybe it's street smarts from when I was growing up in a not so great neighborhood but it just it just always felt like I don't care what I don't care what these guys doing if it's working for him great but it, it if it feels right for me I'm going to do it if it doesn't feel right I'm not going to do it
0: that's how you live life without regrets in that regard, right? Like you, it's hard to regret something you knew didn't feel right at the time. Like,
2: yeah, you know. And later on, it might, but at the time, it just didn't feel right. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So the the expansion since I started training with you has been crazy. I can't imagine what it feels like for you. I think when I was with you in Phoenix, there was maybe twenty something affiliates. Mm-hmm. I remember they all fit in a t shirt, a t shirt, nice and easy, mm-hmm. and yeah. When I got Tenth Planet Fairfield affiliated, we were like number seventy something. Yeah, and then I think a year and a half later, when I got Springfield affiliated, we were already over a hundred. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. So it's hard to remember everybody's names. <laughs> I'm
0: sure. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: I don't know how Eddie does it. He's he's so good about it too. I know. Like, I know. I pop into school after two years of not seeing him and he remembers he knows
2: and and that's one of the things that i always i always um admired about Eddie is that he has a he has a relationship with everybody where it's like I don't I from what I've been told some affiliates are just uh, some affiliations are just like give me your money mm-hmm. i don't care who you are just give me my money so you can use the name of my school and all that but Eddie has a relationship with everybody so I I tell him, I was like, first I wanted him to know who he, who I was and now he knows who I am and he could pick me out of a crowd, which is great, you know, it's it's, yep. it's, 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 you couldn't ask for more, you know, he's always, he's always, he's always been, um, somebody that I could, well, before, before he had married and had kids, he had a kid, um, I could call him at three in the morning and I could get an answer by three Oh five, mm-hmm. you know, and he's always been very, <clears throat> very good about that. Mm.
1: So that was two thousand seven.
2: Seven, two thousand
1: seven. So two thousand seven, Tenth Planet Phoenix is born out of Seton Gym.
2: Seton Gym, Tiago Al Thiago. yeah, Tiago, Tiago, yeah, Tiago. He he uh, he was the he's the owner of of Seton Gym.
1: What's really interesting about that is when I was teaching at Tenth Planet Fairfield, we had this guy come through that was training with us for a while. He was a I guess a really good um accomplished Muay Thai fighter. I know who he is. Yeah. And he's like he's like, hey, do you know do you know John? He used to teach out a Seton gym in Arizona. I'm affiliated with them out of wherever and
0: mm-hmm.
1: he ended <coughs> up training with us for a while at at 10th Planet Fairfield. And that was his Muay yeah. Thai team. He fought a lot. Um so that was a crazy crazy occurrence there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was he's a good guy.
1: Yeah. I remember him. Unfortunately, he ended up taking his own life not long after that. Yeah. It was a bizarre time.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. And cuz I
1: had I, just seen him shortly before that. He was training with us all the time in Fairfield. Really yeah. cool guy.
2: Yeah. And they 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 run a they run a tight ship at Seaton gym. You know, they they're very dedicated. They work hard. Like I've seen those guys, you know, train train hard and and um and yeah it was unfortunate that that you know that that he did that. Yeah.
1: There's just a there's a weird connection for me cuz I had just I had just moved back here from Phoenix so it's kind of like starting over again and then the first place I'm teaching at I run into this guy that connects the dots.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The world is small. Yeah. Right. Jen I'm curious like when you knew that I know you said like You know You made that decision when you moved to Arizona Like alright I'm gonna train full time But it seems like You were pretty committed Even at White belt Right Like when did you really know Like oh this is the shit I'm gonna
2: Cause I get obsessed About things Yeah Like if I get a, If I if I get into the guitar I need like five guitars <laughs> <laughs> I can't just have one So um, Do you play guitar? Yeah Not very good <laughs> But I fiddle around With my guitar um thank you for that thank you but yeah so yeah i just i just got obsessed with it i just wanted to like connect all the dots and and i see that like in in a bunch of white belts it's like they want to learn everything in one night whereas you just have to give yourself time to develop and learn the moves right so in my head i would just be like i'd be everywhere i'd be like on the ship or i'd be walking around and i would just be like okay um if i'm in the guard if i'm in the garden he puts his hand down then i have i have this i have uma plata okay if he rolls and i get on top i can go to mount I can, and then if he puts his hands up i got arm bar if he pulls his arm i got a triangle and then i i would just like trying to connect all the dots and make make patterns mm-hmm. and and i did that all the time and it really helped in my development because i could see i could see all these different pathways that i could connect and interchange Um, within within the system and and when it came to 10 planet it was just learning the basic you know the basic beginning for me i started with lockdown so lockdown in lockdown it wasn't even about in the beginning it wasn't even about getting to a certain spot it was just i just want to get my feet in the right position Mm -hmm. so once i got that down getting my feet in the right position i was like small goals just giving myself small goals. And when I got my feet in the right position, then it was, all right, now let me get my hands in the right position. So then now it was just, now it was just the feet always got that rep. And if and, and then now the hands would get the reps. And then it was just putting it together and making my body move into the position that I wanted to get to. And then it's just building off of that, building blocks. Because yeah. the person isn't just going to let you do it. Right. You know? Right. Hmm. Makes sense? Yeah.
1: So... Thinking back on on our timeline, so 2007, 10th planet Phoenix is born. Seton Gym, where does it go from there?
2: Seton Gym. So from Seton Gym, I let's see. Okay, so Seton Gym. Okay, from Seton Gym, there was a, a there was a there was a group of of uh, people. They were personal trainers. They wanted to open up a gym with me, and we called it Phoenix Fight Club um so we opened that gym and that was open maybe a year two years but after the first year after the first year um i left and i i wanted i left i left because i just it just wasn't it wasn't what i thought it would be so we we kind of parted ways and i went to and taught at a ninja school ninjutsu
1: I have a I have a note on my paper here for you to tell the story about fighting the ninjutsu guy.
2: Oh. <laughs> okay, well I won't say his name, but he's sure. he's still a really good friend of mine. He actually does jujitsu now. He's he he does he does uh he's he's full blown jujitsu. He doesn't even do nice. ninjutsu no more, which is great. But <clears throat> but I f yeah, so he would come and he would train with us and and I remember I would twister him or, I, you know, I would just, I would roll with him and we would have good rolls, <clears throat> great training sessions. And then, and then after I, I, I would tap him, I, I would always put videos up because I wanted to put content up. <clears throat> and he said, oh, please, please take that video down. I can't have my students seeing you do that, tap me like that. <laughs> and so, so I took the video down and he always told me, he always came to me and said, hey, if you ever need somewhere to teach you know i'm always available you could come teach one night a week at my school my students are always interested in learning some new stuff especially on the ground so then when we kind of had this this contract issue with these the investors the 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 trainers the personal trainers um i called him and i was like hey man you still you still need an instructor and he's like yeah so that night i went and started teaching at his school I just like boom because Bro, I got child support. I, at the time, I, I paid it all off. Thank God. But at the time, I had child support. I was like, "Bro, I, these people were expecting me to live off of scraps, and I can't. I can't even pay my child support." So that was the issue. So I, um, I went and I taught at his school, and I was there maybe a, I don't know, eight months a year. And then I moved to another spot, which was a uh, called XMA Extreme Martial Arts. It was like the Blue Power Ranger invented it. Mm-hmm. So it's very acrobatic. And they do a lot of, a lot of like punching the ground and stuff. Where was that? That was in East Mesa. Way out like in Higley and mm. something else. So way out East Mesa and then Higley and McCallops. So I'm teaching there, but it was just really hard to retain students because like I'd be teaching on like some mats that are off to the side. Good, good spot, good space. Good, good math space, but they were always playing really loud music when they were um when they were teaching so my students couldn't hear when I was teaching so it was hard to retain students cuz like man I love the way you teach but it's just hard to hear cuz they're playing the music so loud mm-hmm. and and so it was hard to it was hard to it was hard to keep students and <clears throat> and then I'm dating this woman and she says why don't you just put in the paperwork for your own spot And I'm a real big believer in like people come into your lives for like a reason and then they just leave, you know, or, you know, and, um, and I think the reason she came into my life was just because the universe wanted me to get on a certain path and I wasn't going to put myself on that path unless the universe came in and gave me somebody to tell me. So her name was Laura and Laura was like, why don't you just put the paperwork in? I said, what am I going to say? Assets, none whatever none you know this what i have nothing and she's like well the worst they could say is no so then i put the paperwork in and everything's zero 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 Mm -hmm. so i put everything in and then all of a sudden um they come back and they accept it i was like what she's like they said yes i was like so um so then all i had to do was come up with first and last month's rent and then enough money for mats and that's what i did and so then in the beginning i just sold i sold a bunch of memberships for like a year for like 500 bucks or something like that. So I got a bunch of money to, I got, not a bunch, but I got, I got enough money to open. And then it was just about, well, I hope people come. Mm. <laughs> so the people came and off we went. So we were at, we were at our old spot for five or six years. And then we got into our new spot.
1: So that's the, that's where I'd started at. Old spot. Yep. And Small. you were, you were fairly fresh in that place. I think it was definitely less than a year
2: small mm-hmm. nothing on the walls
1: i mean it was bigger than my first place
2: there was just a couch <laughs> mm-hmm. there was just a couch blue mats and that was it and then like there was like a little door that went to the back and the, <laughs> the back area was like i don't know what 20 square feet
1: there's like our old spot you walk in the door there's like this much place to stand yeah. and then you're
0: on the mats yeah. yeah yeah it's funny looking at pictures of that now and i think like man we got so much space here yeah. it's crazy So when you, um, when you're taking, when you're teaching at other places, are you kind of like, I don't know how this works. Are you taking the 10th Planet Phoenix name with you? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, so it would be 10th Planet Phoenix, but it would would just be located in. At some place. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you just pay for a mat space, like for time. Yeah. So, you know, like they would give you, they give you rent. Your rent is X amount of dollars a month. Yep. And that's what we would do. And it was hard because you know some some i mean just to be real some months i was paying my gym rent or my you know my way was with with my gi bill because i didn't because i wasn't making money mm-hmm. and i would it was hard and you know luckily you know the universe brought me jennifer who i'm with till today um 10 years she's really helped me like become more um more organized more organized and she really got me on a good path as far as like handling things like that like taxes and stuff like that mm-hmm. like all that's taken care of I, you know um and things have been good things have been good and eddie's eddie every time he sees jenny he gives her a big hug he's like i don't know how i don't know how he was doing it i don't know how he made it <laughs> because i was it was bad it was bad for me eddie was like eddie tells people all the time john had some dark days <laughs> because it, it was it, it i was it was hard it was hard it was hard because I was still I was still young too and I was still living my life but but I wasn't uh, sometimes uh sometimes my fun would outweigh my responsibilities and it's the way it is for Eddie you young. It. I get and it. Eddie <laughs> knew it. Eddie knew it so yeah. but I am I'm, I'm I'm not afraid to admit it but uh it, it happens and and Jen got me on a path where you know I'm, I became a little more um a little bit more uh responsible yeah responsible in that way
1: yeah you'd would- I think you had met Jen. I think it was right around the same time I had joined the gym too. So it's been, it's been great to see the progressions over that amount of time, going from that place to where you guys are now, and yeah, it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah, hopefully she has a good business savvy mind.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's on air, so it's true now. She's Mm -hmm. gonna, she's like, oh (laughs) man, we were supposed to say that. Let's give her a shout out. She's gonna loop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, um yeah, she's very good. Sometimes she's a little too much with the with the girl like decorations <laughs> and I'm like it's still a gym, you know, we, we don't want to, not so much pink around. You know? <laughs> but yes. Shout out to Jen.
0: Shout out to Jen. That's awesome.
2: So <clears throat> so we're in our spot now and we've we've tripled in space cuz we started at a, with 1100 square feet. And now we're at 33 or 3600 square feet, so we're we're doing better. We're doing better, and we saw that it was used to be an old uh, T-Mobile place, and we saw it. We saw it abandoned. Nobody was in it, vacant for a while, and um, like five or six years. And we drove by it every day, and I was like, "This is such a good spot. We could just get that spot. It's a freestanding building. You know, all we did was talk to the landlord and get in there. <clears throat> Luckily, Jay." our landlord has been really really cool with us and we've been there and we we plan to be there for the foreseeable future but you never know we might find something that we like better but we didn't want to move too far from the old place because right. we already had people driving a good distance so we didn't want to we didn't want to leave like more than 5 miles in any given direction just cuz we didn't want to lose the people that were already driving far
1: yeah we we juggled that same dilemma when we moved over here. I think we're only seven miles from the old gym, but it's on the other side of a highway mm-hmm. and the other side of a river that has, you know, limited number of bridges going across it. So it adds yeah. significant travel time if you're For coming sure. from that direction. Yeah. But I mean, we lost we lost a couple of kids students because the parents didn't want to bring them anymore, but I don't think we lost a single adult, adult over it. Nice. Just one I can think of. Well, maybe he's been here since then. But, I don't uh, think it was direct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he left anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: one of, my, one of my favorite stories of yours is your brown belt promotion. Oh, okay. So yeah. w- with, a, with as much or as little <clears throat> detail as you want to give us, can you walk us through that one? Okay. Um, I know there was video of it, but I haven't seen it in a long time
2: i can't find it it's been scrubbed no like, <laughs> i i really wish i had that that role it was because it was it was a good role but um so one of eddie's one of old one of eddie's uh purple belts fuge they used to call him the fugitive because he had um, a really good jailbreak <laughs> really good jailbreak so they called him fuge i think that's why they gave him the name but um i always thought
1: that was just his name no, I was, was
2: a nickname, but he was a really smart, like kid. I don't know. He was like a chemical. I don't know. He was really smart. I don't want to give him a one of those job ed- title. Engineering dorks. Yeah, yeah. One of them. I don't want to, <laughs> but I don't want to, yeah, I don't know. He was really smart from what I heard. He's like a kid genius or something. And <clears throat> so he and I are drilling. And I remember Eddie's like, be ready, be ready. And I'm like, okay. He's like, be ready. You guys are going to battle. And I was like, okay. And then like Fuges eyes got real big and I was like, he got his eyes got real big and I was like, Oh, he's he, I I thought, oh, hey, this guy's nervous. <laughs> so it gave me a little confidence. And then Eddie's like, we're ready, be ready. You guys are gonna battle right now. So Eddie's like, Burbank and, and head, or Burbank and, and and LA um get over there because Eddie was in between spots too. So he he was he was between Tap out and I don't know if he was between legends and tap out, I don't remember, but but he's like get over there on that side of the wall and then Phoenix you get on the other side. And Phoenix it was just me and my crew so it was like four of us or five of us. <laughs> you so know. you had
1: just made a trip out there to go train?
2: Yeah, yeah, we went to train. And and yeah, we went to train. Yeah, I don't think we did a tournament. I think we just went to train. And we went to train and then um Eddie would always do that. Like he he would he would make a square off against one of his guys just to see where we're at. I was like a test. And I always love that. I was I would never like he'd like roll with this guy and I'm like, Okay. Because I was like Eddie Soldier and I was like, Okay, I'll roll with him and i go. Um, and he's like, You're gonna roll with Fuge? I said, Okay. And then me and Fuge just sat down, we squared up and then we started rolling. And then I wanna say he swept me or something and he was winning like two nothing or four nothing. He I think he got like two sweeps or something and we'll give him four. So he got four nothing and then i'm like man i got to turn it on on this guy so i ended up like i think i swept him and i i passed his guard and then i mounted him and he's like oh shit he's like what the are you up you're up nine nothing or something like that and then um i keep on attacking him so i'm attacking him i'm attacking him and next thing you know it's like 22 to 4 <laughs> and then i'm just like oh, in my head i'm like i, I, I want to tap him but but at the same time I didn't want to feel like I was being a jerk because I I was up so much. And then I just heard Eddie say, you can't win on points. You guys got to tap each other. He's like, we ain't winning on points here. So then I'm trying, I'm like, okay. So then I pass his guard again and then I take his back. And when I take his back, I just think, oh, I could attack his neck. But in my head, I'm like, just take the money and run. So I... I roll him over on his stomach, and I pull the top of his head, like his forehead, and I pull it up. And I have a body triangle in my knee, so the body triangle adds a little extra oomph to the to the rib cage, and it hurts really bad. It hurts your spine and your stomach. So when I pull his head up, it's like a spine crank. Mm. Uh, it's, called the, um, it's called the iron cheek. It's called the iron cheek. And and instead of pulling on his forehead, I had my hands on his mouth and his nose, so he couldn't breathe, and I was just pulling up on his on his head, and he tapped. And he tapped, and he got mad, and he threw his mouthpiece. And then he walks out of the back of the gym, out of Burbank, and he's like, he's like, everybody's clapping, yeah. And he, he throws his mouthpiece, and Eddie's like, Fuge, where are you going? Where are you going? <clears throat> and he's like, good match, Sean. I said, thank you. <clears throat> and then the next day, Eddie gives me my brown belt. But, yeah, and I was like, I, I even asked Eddie, like, I was like, am I, am I a dick because I tapped him? And he's like, you're supposed to do that. Mm. You're supposed to tap him. And I was like, okay. I just... I was like, I was, you know, I was like, I don't know. I just felt like it was like running up the score if I did yeah. it. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, no, no, you're supposed to do that. I was like, okay. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I feel like you don't hear a lot of those stories anymore. Mm. Yeah.
0: No.
2: That's great. But there are the times, <laughs> there are the times when I would go to LA and I'd get my mm. butt kicked yeah. by somebody he put me with. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of times that I went up there because when he gave me my brown belt, you hear him because there's a video of me getting promoted to Brown, but there's a, you could hear him at the end when he, when he gives me my Brown, he goes, it's about damn time. <laughs> As he says, I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I would always get in my head. I would always get in my own head. Cause I, I would always think that I, I always wanted to finish it fast. I never wanted to like, just take my time and like wear the guy down. And I always wanted to just, go, go, go. And when I would do that, my needle would be on red and the guy would just be relaxing mm. and then I'd be like fucking dead tired. <laughs> mm. I'd, get, I'd get beat. Hmm. So, It's funny how often we hear that
0: change in philosophy, right? We've heard that now. This is a, at least the second time we've heard yeah. it from people who just come in to visit us, right? Like not, you don't have to pin it to red every time. Yeah. right.
2: And uh, like that, like when I did the Abu Dhabi trials, I went against Jeff Glover. Shout out to Jeff Glover. I love you. He, uh, he, he taught me that lesson too. Because when I tied up with him, I was like, "Oh, I'm stronger than him. I can get him." Yeah. And then he just fucking wizard, and he just inverted, swept me, put me on my back. And when I got up, he already had the vice grip. And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get (laughs) Darst." I was like, "I can't get Darst." So then I started defending it, and then he switched to the guillotine, which was a great switch, by the way. Because when he switched to the guillotine and he went to full guard he made me think that I was going to get swept. So I put my hand out. And when I put my hand out, he just tightened the guillotine more. And I was like, oh, damn it. And then you just hear Epstein going, two on one, two on one, John. Get your hands in, two on one. And in my head, I was like, it's already tight. Yeah. And I'm like, just trying to, like, I'm like, fucking iron. And I tap. So he beat me inside of a minute. But the thing with Jeff was, I got in my own head because I put too much, I put too much like emphasis on doing well and like performing and like, going after him than i did about just playing my game and 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 for a while it ate at me like it ate at me so much that i didn't i I just i didn't compete for a little while i competed after that but for a little while it was just in my head i was like fuck dude like because sometimes when you put so much into a preparation and you just go in there and you shit the bed i wouldn't say shit the bed but but you go in there and you just don't feel like you did as well as you should have you it gets it wears on you and you're like damn man like maybe i'm maybe I do suck. Yeah. You know? And then you go in there and, and you go to an next tournament and you do well. You're like, oh, okay, it's just, it's, it just fluctuates. Yeah. And I've then told, he, I've he told looks.
0: that story here. Like I, again, obviously not at that stage, but like training my ass off more than I've ever trained in my life in great physical shape. And then went out and like, might as well had the guy just like sit on my chest the entire time. We like just completely shit to yeah. bed. And like, just how dejected, I remember like going to the gym the next day it was Saturday, I went to the gym on, on Sunday. And, like, you know, we're doing our drilling and then we're start rolling. And I was like, mm, I don't even feel like rolling, right? Like, I was yeah. just so like, in my own head about how shitty it, uh, yeah. it was. But looking back now, obviously, it was a pretty big learning experience, yeah. right? Yeah. But.
1: And then you look at, now you look back at Jeff Glover at that time. That's Jeff Glover in his prime.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's
1: when the trials, I think he placed the ADCC that year, right?
2: He got Hops and Morrow with the same guillotine, so I didn't feel bad. <laughs> i didn't feel bad at all but yeah the 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 thing too though is you want you want that competition jeff you don't want in-house playing around <clears throat> jeff like he plays around when he rolls anyway like live but but you want you want the jeff that i'm trying to make it to abu dhabi yeah, right. not the jeff that i'm right. just doing this to mess around mm-hmm. right. you know right so that's what i got and and thank you for the lesson
0: yeah right yeah you know? Do you uh encourage a lot of competition with your students today?
2: Yeah. I like I like well it's not for everybody and I get that. But at least try it a few times yeah. just so that way you could see if it is for you or not. Yeah. Um and and you know you might do well. You might not do so well. Yeah. But if anything just go out there and just try to do the things you've been working on. If if you go in there and and if you go in there and you're just like, well, I'm just going to go in there and see what happens well you could do that too but don't don't get all bent out of shape when when something doesn't happen when something doesn't go your way you know i think i think we all i think we mostly get beat by the stuff we don't work on so like you if the guy was sitting on your chest that whole time it's probably because you didn't have mount escapes right right you know, like so then then you go back on sunday and you go well let me escape the mount right. so then that's what you need to work on um And and I think that's the lesson that should be taken from from competition is okay. Where did I get stuck? Where did I get tapped? Like I did I did a fight to win. It was a rematch. I I went against this guy Doug Moore um, when I was a brown belt. He was a black belt, and I did pretty well against him, brown belt. And then I did okay, and he ended up come worrying me. Um, But I had some moments, some flashes of of good stuff. Um, when I went against him as a brown belt, and then when I went against him as a black belt, I wanted the match at 145 or 140, and he wanted the match at 150. I was like, "Well, oh, fuck, I don't care. 150. I just want to match." Yeah. So, I did the match at 150, and he cut. He cut. I don't know. I want to say, I don't know, 16, 18 pounds, because when he when you see them when you saw us next to each other, he was noticeably bigger than me, and I didn't care. I was like, "Whatever. I just want to roll." So we rolled and I was on defense the whole time. My defense was working, which is fine. And I was like, okay, this is working live. This is working live. Okay, oh, that escapes work live. Okay, that. so it made me it gave me that little bit of a reassurance that I'm on the right path as far as technic 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 technical technical right? Tech as long as uh, technically I'm technically. on the right <laughs> path. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> technically I'm on the right path. So, I was gaining confidence in my technique. Mm. Four seconds left, I get on board. Mm. Okay. But it just goes to show, it it just went to show me that, hey, I need to work on my arm bars, my arm bar defense, or my armbar escapes, rather. So I need to work on my armbar escapes. So that's what I took from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I was in Phoenix for that one.
2: I remember. I remember. All Like a lot of my guys were there. Mm. And I was just, and I was just happy to be out there. I was like, I just want to match. I don't care. The dude could be 180. I don't care. I just want to match.
1: Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I... I think it goes. It goes a long way having your students see you compete, yeah. regardless of the outcome. Mm-hmm. It gets too much in our own head. Like, yeah. I don't want to lose in front of my students, but they're just pumped to see you out there doing it.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll, at least I'll, I
1: am. I was excited to be out there, and I mean, yeah. uh, a trip with the family just happened to line up with this fight to win. So it was, yeah, it was cool to get to see you compete, and then all the other guys compete.
2: Yeah, I was happy that you guys made it. Tim, I don't know if, t- yeah, Tim was there too. He was still in Arizona. Yeah,
1: Tim was still there. Yeah. Steel
2: competed that night. Yeah, he got the go-go yeah. that night. I think Juan
1: the- competed. Don competed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good night.
0: It's nerve-wracking watching your teammates compete. It's like another thing when, like, your coach is, like, is competing, right? Because there's, like, a certain era or aura of, like, invulnerability, right? Like, when we did that, when we did this event up here. My old professor competed, mm. and I was like sweating watching it. Right, <laughs> so yeah. it's just like a weird thing. Like I, I haven't seen you compete since I've been here, but it's just like a weird feeling because like oh, that guy just kicks my ass every single time without mercy. Right, yeah. and then to see them like competing, it's just I don't know. It's stressful, man. It's like a whole different thing than just even your teammates. Yeah, competing. yeah. But then yeah. me, and me watching
1: John Connors compete, he's I think he posted today. Hey, he's 59 years old. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, the respect for that guy, 59 years old, out there competing against guys
0: 20 years younger than him. Yeah. That guy that he posted a picture of the 260 guy. Oh man, that guy who's so big. He's like, like, I think he's down to 260. <laughs> like that guy was tough. Yeah.
2: I don't think I'm done competing. I think I'll do it again because I want my kids to see some mm. some, you know, some gold days and their dad's life. But um and, I, and I'm working my way towards it. Like, I'm doing my morning workouts. I do my swim sprints. I'm doing those things. But nothing's just really come up that I'm like, I want to do that. But and if, and if I'm not into it, if I'm not into it, like, in my head and in my heart, then I just won't do it. Mm. And it's just, like, these days I'm just not into it. And I don't want to just put myself out there and, and not give it a full go. Cause then I'll give a, I'll have a lackluster uh, preparation and I'll have a lackluster performance and I don't want to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You owe it to yourself to yeah. do it the way you want to do it.
2: Because then, because then if I go out there and I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, then I'm going to go out there and I'm not going to take it as serious as the guy that, that's taking it serious. And then, and then they're hooting and hollering when they beat me and, and it's going to be my own fault. Cause I didn't put my, yeah. I didn't put the preparation in.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about hooting and hollering. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> What you take on um, – because it's interesting, right? You said early on, like, you have seen the fledgling days of the MMA space, right? Some of these guys who are not – who we think of them now. What do you think about some of the showmanship that takes place in, like, jujitsu today?
2: Act like you won before. <clears throat> That's what I say. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's one thing to win, but, I mean – It's another thing to gloat about it, you know, like you won and, and, and just because you won today doesn't mean you won't lose tomorrow, you know? So, and, and I just don't, I don't like trash talk and, but I know it's going to, I know people are going to do it, but it just, you're going to, if you're going to trash talk and then you get smashed, like it just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Yep. Amen.
1: Fairly consistent with our, our narrative across this podcast. Yeah. So again, uh, another question I know the answers to, but for to enlighten everybody else, um, What's up? who else are who else would you say has strongly influenced your jiu-jitsu style, your jiu-jitsu game?
2: Uh, <clears throat> other than my instructors, Helson, Gracie, Fabio Santos, Eddie Bravo, uh, Hicks and Gracie, uh, Marcelo Garcia, um, Jeff Glover. I think that's I think those are my heavy influences.
1: So I, I tell people a lot, my students, the the one that sticks out to me a lot in your style is the the Marcelo Garcia influence.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I play a lot of X Guard. I play a lot of um I, I love the I love the Marcelo team. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite choke. Um North South choke is North South choke takes a it takes a little bit of a lead on the Marcela team. The North South choke is such a sneaky choke that people don't realize it's there and it's right there, boom, and you hit it. It's pretty easy. Um but yeah. Why I, do you say that?
1: I, I I still credit you on a regular basis for um my strong ability to defend guillotines. because okay. you put me through so many of them. I
0: think you're gonna see the waiter
1: sweep. <laughs> and we've been working the waiter sweep recently and Trying to get as smooth as you are at it. That's why I, that's that why I got you. good at the Marcellutine
2: <laughs> is because you had that fresh neck.
0: <laughs> he tells a story now. He's like, We but you just taught it like recently within last week. And he was like, My coach John, he's like, he did this to me twenty five times before I even realized what he was doing he was yeah. doing to me. I remember <laughs> just not being
1: able to figure out how to find base to stop the waiter sweep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then when you and then and then a lot of times when what people do is they'll they'll try to put a hand out and they'll turn and then that's when you take them back or
1: Yeah, probably been down that road.
2: But that that's why I tell that's why I'm really big on telling people when you're learning a new thing, like a new sweep or a new arm or like a new submission or something, it's important to let the people escape eventually. Like so that way you can know where they can go mm. in their like in their response. So that way you have you have uh, a response to their response. Like, you know, so that way you can counter their counter. Mm -hmm. Because you're not always going to get the guys that are just going to flow with you and, like, be smooth in your role. You're going to get the guy off the street that you're going to use this move that you've been working on for six months. And it works on everybody in the gym because they're relaxed. But then this guy is just going to spaz out and try to take off or, like, get out and just give you the spaz reaction. And when you get that reaction, you got to have something in the chamber for that. Mm -hmm. So you got to roll with all different types of of rolling partners, training partners. So you get all those different, Mm. we call it default behavior. When you get that default behavior, like their immediate reaction that they're going to do, that they're just, it's just in their, in their DNA that they're going to do. You just, you have to have something for that.
1: Right. Not the jujitsu guy who is planning for your next move. So they, they don't do what they normally would.
2: Yeah. That way it works. That way it works when, when it's, when it seems like it won't work. Like he thinks he has something like, I'm just going to muscle out of this. You have something for that. Nice. Yeah. that's what Eddie always told us. Uh if you can run a rubber guard clinic on somebody coming in off the street, you're making progress in the in the in the rubber guard system, yeah. in the planet system. Because that guy is just going to be like spazzing and just like just wanting to like a gorilla trying to break out of a cage, and you're just holding him there with your feet in your hand, and you just got him in like crackhead or something, just holding him, and he's smashing you into the ground. He's like, if you can run a clinic on that guy, you're doing good. Mm that's kind of like it's kind of like a, a barometer for me like when i see my guys working rubber guard it's like oh he's rolling with that spazzy dude all right <laughs> let's see how he's doing Yeah, it's interesting yeah uh-huh.
1: nice so the the last time I went and trained with eddie was <coughs> 2019 so i try to make it at least every two years mm-hmm. 2021 didn't happen pandemic nonsense um but i feel like i was very fortunate he was just coming back from multiple injuries and starting to roll with people again which he mm-hmm. hadn't in a couple of years and he was only rolling with people under you know he had picked a ways he was only rolling with the smallest guys mm-hmm. and I just happened to be there right when he was getting into that so I got a whole week of getting to roll with Eddie which mm-hmm. people hadn't in at least two years yeah it was like the perfect timing it was completely miserable but enlightening <laughs> and game changing at the same time. Yeah. It was like, no matter where we started, the path led to spider web arm crush, arm bar. Oh, yeah, no totally matter spiders, what I did, yeah. it got so bad. You were telling the story earlier. He said he was going to twist you however many times. And he did it. Five he, times. He arm barred me so many times. He stopped just waiting for the tap. He'd break the grip and just let go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: he, I come back and tell that story to people and then, they're like, oh well, you're, you're taking it easy because it's it's Eddie Bravo. It's your instructors instruct. I'm like, no, yeah. there's no other way about it.
2: I, I I don't know. Even if I could tap Eddie, I don't think I would. Like out of respect. Like that's just me. Because like when I when I was training with Fabio and I was training with Halson and all these guys. Not to say that oh. I could tap them or anything, but they were older.
1: Right. You it's, could you could use some attributes.
2: So they were older, and 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 I would and. The younger guys would try to tap them, but I wouldn't try to tap them. But I would hear the older guys, the older guys like the, well, not older, but I'd say the purple or the brown belts, the more seasoned guys, tell the younger guys of the the white or the blue belts, hey, even if you can tap the old man, you don't tap the old man. And then I heard one of them say, "You never, you never drown the person that taught you how to swim." Mm. Right. So I, so I was like, "Oh, okay." So then, out of respect, I just never, I, I wanted to take the lesson for what it was—a lesson. So what I would do when I rolled with Eddie was I would do things to Eddie what people what people did to me in my classes. So like if somebody would, if somebody if he had me in lockdown and somebody would grab my left wrist, I would grab his left wrist and I would hold it the way somebody would hold mine, and I wanted to see how he would would react.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. That way I could that way I could
2: have I could learn something from the roll rather than me just trying to throw my A game at somebody. The biggest lesson I've. I just learned that's yeah, he'd that's still really smash great. me anyway, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like it, he, I wanna I wanna learn something from the role. I don't wanna just have him counter all the things that I've been that I've been working on. I wanna I want I wanna give him the lesson the the trouble I have hmm. when I roll with my guys. That's know? a
0: great story. Yeah, that's a great story. Hmm. Big lesson. Yeah, yeah. I've I i do not think I've ever thought of Doing that?
1: Doing that, no.
0: No, honestly, I want to crush Pad as quickly <laughs> and as viciously as I possibly can. Yeah.
1: No, that's not entirely true, but
0: more, yeah. about, more thinking about surviving. Yeah, I,
1: think. I just felt super fortunate for that opportunity because I know he had been through, like, he had the, the back surgery, the knee surgery.
2: Shoulder? I shoulder think. surgery.
1: Yeah. I just happened to be there at the right time, and none of us are getting younger, so.
2: That's right. Yeah, so it. It'll be good. Are you going to the Are you going to the thing in May? Mm. No. No. It, it, he said Brown Bolt. I know Brown Bolt can go. Timing didn't work, but I do need to
1: get out there soon. Yeah, it would be good.
2: I I want to I want to go just because, like you said, none of us are getting any younger, and <clears throat> you know um, I miss I miss the training sessions with like Connor Hune and like Epstein, and whenever I go to LA, I I try to train with Epstein every chance I get because. Me too cuz we're we're from the old school like the bomb squad and and you know I respect the guy and he always has great knowledge he's always been a great friend so I go out there and I try to spend some time with him um, I always
1: appreciate Scott if he's within driving distance around here I always try to go see him yeah and w- when I go to LA I try to take a night or two to go over and catch his class
2: yeah yeah he's uh he's always been he's always been like a really um good resource when Whenever anything came up, even when like the we'd be back in the day, there was a, the forum, the underground, you ever heard of it? Yep. The underground people would go on there sometimes and bash me and Epstein would be right there. Like, nice. fuck you. John's legit. <laughs> like, I, I, used to, I, I love that. But yeah, he's always had my back and, um, and, and anytime I'm in LA, I always try to spend some time with him. And he has French bulldogs. And oh, he perfect. has French bulldogs.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, he was the originator he was the connoisseur of
2: 10th when I was Planet there, he tried to make Frenchies. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over, but when I was there, he tried to make me um, sit in the back seat so his dog could sit in the front. <laughs> I was like, I sit in the back, bro. He's like, get in the back. The dog's in the front. I was like, nah, man, I know you're playing, dude. He's like, stop playing. Do you have Frenchies too? No, oh, but okay. he does. Okay. But he tried to give the front seat to the yeah, dog, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I yeah. nah.
0: What? Yeah. Who else has Frenchies that are?
1: I mean, so many 10th Planet dudes have Frenchies now.
0: Really? Yeah. So is that why you did it? It, it wasn't, but it, it just, plan.
1: it just fit. Mm. Mm.
0: Would we say his name should have been today? Uh, Spicy. Spicy McHaggis <laughs> of the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Spicy. That'd be a great name. Yeah.
1: So I think it's about time to, to put John in the hot seat with our, our stock questions.
0: Yes. I'm very curious to have the answers. To yeah. Yeah. We have some things we like to ask everybody who, okay. who comes in. It's, it's fitting for you. Um, One of the things that we ask, we've talked about it amongst ourselves. We generally ask everybody who comes in is what do you tell people you do who don't, you know, who don't know you, right? You're meeting some guy for the first time. What do you you tell them that you do?
2: Well, it all depends on, on what's, on where we're at. Like if we're at a bar, I, and they say, oh, you're cauliflower. You used to fight, huh? Yeah. I, Jennifer will, will, will attest to this, that she laughed every time I say this. I say, No. It's a, it's, a natural, it's a natural deformation that I've had since I was a child. <laughs> and I really wasn't thinking about it until you brought it
0: up. <laughs> but thank you. That's awesome.
2: And they're like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. And so that's, people will do that. Or uh, there's been times when I say I'm a football coach. I'm a special teams coach. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like to run in and I get hit with the helmets without a helmet on. But I tell them I'm a martial arts instructor. Okay. That's what I tell them
0: yeah. most of the time. Then do they immediately follow, the, follow that up with, oh, so you can kick my ass?
2: Uh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not here for that. I'm just having fun, man. Have yeah. a good time. Yeah. I'm here I'm here in peace. Yeah. My He's o- a,
0: a veteran in
1: the game of yes. telling people
0: what he does. Yeah. Usually we, we both have commented that we just kind of like turn away. <laughs> like, no, no, I don't know, don't, don't ask me what I do. It's like, yeah. I don't have an answer for you.
2: The ears give it away. A yeah. lot of times they're like, oh, you used to fight, you used to wrestle, huh? Yeah. 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 But it all depends on where we are. Yeah. Um, I want to diverge a
0: little bit. So speaking of where you are, so we were talking a little bit before we got on camera about music, right? We said we would table this. For, oh, that's right. Table this for the future discussion. Um, so you were just recently at Manchester Orchestra. Yes. You said it was a kick-ass show. of yes. yep, Wearing his Manchester Orchestra sweatshirt. <laughs>
2: sweatshirt, yeah. That's right. I had to get a hoodie. When did you uh, discover those guys? Uh, probably like a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, okay. Fairly recently then. Yeah. I, I was... Aw- I was, it was late at night and I was just sitting around having some beers and I just put, um, Spotify on random Spotify or Amazon one or the other, on random and I put it on, uh, on the cure station. So I was like, okay, a few Cure songs came on cool. And then this song, um, called I know how to speak kept coming on like every other night when I would be there listening to the spot uh, to the Amazon. And, um, I was like, wow, that, that sounds pretty cool. And I'm like, who are these guys? So then I was like, I dove in and I was like, I put it on, I clicked on artist. So the artist, boom. And then I just, I just played their hits. I was like, let's see what they are. And I was, I got into them. Yeah. Yeah. It's very melodic. Yeah. I
0: like it. I was saying to John before uh, we recorded that, I remember whatever their very first single was. And now you hear them and it sounds like, wow, this band has like totally grown up into like a new, much more layered, like more mature sound. Yeah. 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 but we were also talking about The Cure. Again, one of my favorite albums of all time. You said your favorite album is Disintegration by The yes. Cure. I started to tell the story. Then we said we save it for the um, for the pod. But I remember buying the tape. I was a senior in high school when I got it, I guess. So 91, 92, somewhere in mm-hmm. there. And I remember opening the tape up. And I had heard The Cure before, like, but didn't really know a whole yeah. bunch about them. I'd never purchased anything there before. And I remember on the, you know, the pamphlet in the cassette, it said this, something to the effect of, like, this recording has been mastered so that you can play it loud. Yes. And I was like, that is the coolest thing yes. ever. And I always remember thinking about that. Because if you know that album, it's so layered. And yeah. like, you were talking about the intros into the, into the music. And, you know, the song can be playing for four minutes before Robert Smith says a word, right? Yeah. And I just remember, like, this is unlike anything I've ever heard in my life. Like that album, and to this day, it still sounds fantastic. Like oh, yeah. I could put it on on to the entire thing, soup to nuts, right?
2: I remember. I'm gonna was, visit the restroom. You guys can. Oh yeah, your, <laughs> you can talk to your cure <laughs> bro. Okay. So I remember I was, I was um, in Laredo, Texas, and I was standing on a pier at a lake, and I remember I played the first song of disintegration is plain song yeah and it's like the the chimes yeah yeah in the very very beginning the chimes yeah yeah. and then like it's the chimes for like 12 seconds or so and then all of a sudden the synth comes in really strong and i had it loud and in my head it just like set off like an explosion i was like what the hell am i listening to and then i just started listening and then the words came in and i heard the words and i was like oh damn that's nice and then and then the next song is Pictures of You. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when I heard those synthesizers come in super strong, I was like. Yeah, they come crashing right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I can still remember where I was when I heard the song yeah. for, the, for the, the, the CD for the first time.
0: It's funny how that that stuff sticks to you. I don't really know anybody who's a Cure fan. Like, I can't, I couldn't tell you, like, any of my friends or personally who's no. a Cure fan. Um, But when you bring that album up with people, they're like, oh, yeah. like Because yeah. I think people heard like Love Song was on M T V or whatever at the time mm-hmm. and um Love Fascination Street. Fascination Street was there.
2: Like you know, people know those tracks.
0: Yeah. But you listen to that whole album, it's that thing is mind blowing. But yeah, that thing about the play this loud always stuck out in yeah. my Because if
2: you want me to walk away from a cure conversation, it's you walk up to me and you say, Oh, you like the cure? Yeah. I like Friday I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> right. I just walk away. Right. I'm like, right. no. Nah. Can't I can't I can't talk to you about this? Yeah, because I, I remember you. when that
0: came out, I was like, "Huh, that does not sound anything like yeah. the cure that I was listening to then." Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I it's funny because I don't, I haven't, I can't say that I'm a big fan of them overall. Like, I like a lot of the songs, but I've kind of lost track of whatever they've been doing recently. Yeah. Although I did see just yesterday that they were talking about releasing a new album in the last couple of months. Two two
2: albums? Yes. No kidding. He said the second one is done, but the problem is the first one isn't done. Huh. So he's <clears throat> he says he has to lay down four more vocals, vocals, yeah, and then that it's done.
0: But I heard it's dark and moody and something like that.
2: He's yeah, I like, guess because he he had some deaths, like his dad and his mm-hmm. mom and his brother died. Yeah, so it should be good. That's so good. Yeah. I like the dark stuff that Me they've too. done. So yeah, that's why I love disintegration. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We'll put that on. Should I add that to the rolling mix that we have? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> all right. You can go with the next question. Sorry, we're done with our our bromance All,
1: all right. that. I, I literally know nothing about the Cure. So <laughs> there was it was a perfectly timed bathroom break. Nice. Good.
2: Good job. Well, all
0: right. Well, I'll I'll uh, make you a mixtape
2: of uh disintegration.
0: How's yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, I'm interested, I'm just just not familiar. It's yeah. It's a great album. One of the, one of my favorite albums of all time, easily.
2: Yeah. I could listen like I like listening to it when like it's like stormy weather outside, like uh, gloomy. Yeah. yeah. It just looks sad and yeah.
0: yeah. I can get I'm down with that. some some gloomy music, so. It's I'm perfect interested. for sitting outside at night. Maybe you got a fire, maybe it's rainy, maybe it's gloomy like but like you don't have to even have anybody else around and you can put that like on. Seattle
2: just, Seattle would be great. Yeah. Just gray all the time. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Be a good one.
0: So what was your walk up music for
1: that fight to win? Did you get to choose?
2: Yes. It was cherub rock by smashing pumpkins. Hmm. That's solid. Yeah. I liked I I I I do I like visualize. So when I when I heard the song I could visualize myself walking out to it and I was like Ah, I like it. Nice. So then I just played
1: it. So if you if you have a, a future event, would it be the same or will you I might change you it we think about what works for that one?
2: I might change it. I don't know. I I um I like that one. I like cherub rock, but it might it might be something different. I, I it really ha- it really changes day to day. Nice. Because sometimes you hear a song and you're like, Oh, I like that one. I might yeah. walk at it. To, but but you know, like I said, it changes all the time.
1: Because we ask everybody this question, and um, we've had you know, we've had a few MMA fighters that have had a bunch of walkouts, and it seems like some, they just have their song, and it's always that. And then it seems like the majority, though, it's just like, you know, whatever I like, whatever oh, they're feeling for that fight.
2: I like, um, it's going to sound weird, but I like uh, Jesus Walks by Kanye. I okay. like that one. Mm-hmm. I like that one.
0: I have a question for you. Did you know that Pat is a big Kelly Clarkson yeah. fan?
2: I didn't. Huge fan, <laughs> <For> real <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. I can be red? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about her do you like? Just her her vocals, man, or the music? It's so good. Yeah, I, I, I. This is the time for my bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to that about that. <laughs> you and
0: I will both go to the bathroom. We can leave that in there. Yeah. Yep. That came out during. Uh, was it when we came? When he had Kate on, mm-hmm. yeah, we had Kate on, and we asked her what her. We're talking guilty pleasures. Guilty music. pleasures. That's what it was. Mm. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have made a uh, a Spotify playlist um for this podcast. So I'd like I think it's thanks for rolling walkouts or something like mm. that. And um I haven't added Kelly Clarkson to it, although I should. I think your your, up. your actual yeah. walkout song is a different song. Since but, you've been gone.
2: Yeah. So you could add Cherub Rock to it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we will, will. Have, we'll
0: add Cherub Rock for
1: sure. Yeah, every guest sure. we have we add their their walkout song yeah. to it. That's a good jam.
0: I yeah,
2: forgot about Smashing Pumpkins, but they I rock. Like yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I like it. It's it's one of their faster songs. Yeah,
0: I like it. it's got a good intro, right, that builds up, yeah.
2: What
1: was your walkout song? I don't know. You put it on the playlist.
0: I Oh, on the playlist, it's uh, an old punk song called Ain't It Fun by the Dead Boys. Hmm. I only know them because Pearl Jam covered, like, another one of their tracks. Um, but if you had to ask me today, like, hey, you have a you super fight it. tomorrow, it would be, I could, would... Be up all night trying to figure out what my walkout song yeah. was going to be because it's impossible. But
2: I was supposed to see um, Pro Jam before the pandemic, and then they never canceled, but they never refunded my money either. Oh man! Have yeah. you ever seen them? No, but I've always wanted to. Phenomenal. Um, and I, I haven't had the chance to. Um, so it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Foo Fighters on Saturday, on Saturday, and then and then Sunday Easter Sunday was going to be Pearl Jam. So we were going to get we we're going to go see Foo Fighters, get drunk and hungover and then come home, go to the Easter Egg Hunt with the kids and then drive <laughs> back and get drunk again and watch Pearl Jam, but it didn't work out cuz of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw both of them at Fenway Park actually. Um two of the best shows I've ever seen. Pearl Jam was just like one of those shows that's been burned in my mind cuz it was so much energy and so much fun and like I don't even know like a lot of their more current songs, but didn't matter. Like they just kicked so much ass. It nice. was yeah, definitely well worth the well worth the show. How are these? Really good.
2: Is there another one in there or no?
0: We have a, a teammate Pete
1: who has seen Pearl Jam many many times. Yeah, he's a Pearl big, Jam fanatic,
0: big big fan. Yes,
2: I saw Eddie Vedder do a, <clears throat> a solo show at a, a festival called Innings. It's for the minor league, not minor league, for Major League Baseball for spring training. Oh, they cool. do it the weekend before spring training supposed to open. So this past weekend they they had Foo um, Fighters there. Yeah, I didn't get to go. Um, I didn't really want to go I because I I'd just seen Manchester. Well, I was going to go see Manchester, so I was like, I don't want to go um, see Foo Fighters. So uh, Eddie Vedder was there, and he did a solo acoustic set, and he just played a bunch of hits. Yeah, he played cool. his hits from that movie, uh
0: oh well, yeah the one about the kai who got lost
2: yeah that yeah, one. whatever yeah that. into In the, the wild. wild into the wild yeah. yeah that he played some hits from there he played some solo hits he played a bunch of pro jam songs um but it was great it was a great show
0: yeah great show. i love his voice that was probably one of the first bands so i guess we're you and i around the same age like one of the first bands that i like was obsessed with when i was younger. because like, unplugged yeah, like unplugged and like 10. Like I remember, again, getting 10 on cassette and being like, what is this? Like yeah. just, you know, back in the day when you'd have to call into Ticketmaster <laughs> to be able to get tickets, right? Or we would go to a place called Filene's around mm-hmm. here. I don't know if that brings about you at all. Filene's was like a department store. And they would have like you could go buy concert tickets there mm-hmm. for some reason in their customer service department and like their line would be like all through the department, <laughs> you know, like waiting. Like, yeah, that was a long time ago. Much easier now, I guess. But yeah.
2: Tower Records. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Exactly. Same kind of thing. Right. Right.
2: But um <clears throat> I've never seen them, but I've always wanted to. And oh, the reason why I got into Pro Jam was when I saw them on Unplugged and they played black. Yeah. I always that song always just like resonated with me. I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's maybe it's the emo in me. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, <laughs> It must be.
0: Yeah, they were uh, that. That yeah, that song in particular. Sure, I because still remember on, on
2: unplugged. It was such a great yeah. performance on unplugged. Yeah. I was like, what is that song?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So good.
1: I love a little emo.
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. There's somebody at. There's another guy at the gym here who he plays a lot of emo. Plays a lot of emo. Yeah. It's better than screamo. I don't like that screamo. Well, maybe he's so. playing screamo then, actually. It's a lot of screaming. Yeah, it's borderline. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is, I guess, but yeah. I'm always like, "All right, let's change this <laughs> to something else."
1: Yeah. So I I messaged you earlier asking if about the that venue in Providence. So I used to go to the concerts with my college roommate. We had, well, we wouldn't I was going to say we would drag Kate along, but we would get Kate to drive us because she had a car and we could drink, so we'd go to this place called the Living Room in Providence. It was this little shithole music venue. I think the building has since been demolished. Um, but we'd go see the hardcore bands, the emo bands. It was just nice. insanity. Yeah, and that's right around the time of that that big Providence nightclub fire where oh, yeah. mm-hmm. a ton of people died and where. Oh wow. We're going to. To concerts at this yeah. venue Great. that's not in much better condition than that place was.
0: Great White was the band. I remember they showed up. They showed up. I forget where I was working at the time. Some restaurant. I'm completely drawn a blank. And we we're like, oh shit, is that Great White? Like they were the band who was playing with that, that place in Providence burned down. That was like, what,
1: like 2003. Before that, I think was it? Yeah.
2: Is that when they were the Pyrotechnics went bad? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, that was in I want to Providence, say it was like maybe around before two thousand, even. I thought What's it was happened? like two thousand. I thought it was
0: during the time I was in college. Hmm. We were we could be talking about two different things, but yeah, that's yeah, it was a while. Crazy, John. Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie? Oh
2: man, it's hard. Oh. Uh,
0: are you? I should I should ask the question differently. Should say, are you into movies? And if you I are, do you movies. have a favorite?
2: I am into movies. I. I, I've been I've been watching the I I like the John Wick series. Mm. I like that series. Just because he runs out of bullets. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He runs out of bullets, he has to reload. Yeah. You know. I like the open hand stuff.
0: Yep. I like that A stuff. A little jujitsu in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you see him doing some things.
2: I like I like how I like the punch block defense and like breaking arms and yeah. like standing stuff. I like all that stuff. Yeah. It gets me it gets my juices going, you know. Yeah.
0: I my parents went to see John Wick too. In the theater for some reason, I have no idea why they had never seen John Wick one. And my mom was like, They're in their 70s, right? My mom was like, This is the worst movie we've ever seen. <laughs> I said, What did you think when you were, gonna go right. when you were going to yeah. go in to see John Wick? Like, John what? Wick two, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what were you possibly expecting? I was like, That is a very bizarre thing for you guys to be watching. So, we're big fans of Tombstone around here. Oh, I like yeah. Tombstone, yeah. That's what made me think of it. I was like, We, hey, we yeah, went here.
2: over there, we went, we've been there a few times.
1: Yeah, Jeff asked me recently if I'd ever been there. I told him th- that was like the place we would bring friends and family when they'd come out to Arizona. visit Arizona.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great spot. I like it. Yeah, I was in
0: um, Phoenix for work pre-pandemic with fall prior to pandemic probably. And uh, on my list was like, I originally thought I was going to be out there for like three or four days for work and end up being like two days. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Tombstone. And Then I'm going to go up to Jerome. Mm-hmm. Like I had all these things that I was planning yeah. to do and didn't get to do any of them.
2: And Jerome I haven't, is super cool. I've
0: been back to Phoenix or Arizona for that matter since then, so still on my list of
2: things. Yeah, to Jerome's cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. So that's Doc Holiday, right? Yep. That's a cool one.
1: Yeah, we we sling a lot of Doc Holiday quotes around the gym.
0: Yeah. Okay. We've been trying to mastermind a Doc Holiday or a Tombstone Tenth Planet. Um, rash guard figure out how we can make that happen
1: we're trying to work on some ideas that are not just the you know the shit you see all the time not just the the doc holiday silhouette
2: put the i was just fooling and then on the bottom put i wasn't <laughs> yeah right one. right play for blood remember
0: <laughs> yeah it's on tv every week now at this point so it's yeah. like i've brushed up on all my quotes because i've seen it 25 times in the last month
2: did what about think? Gordon, Andre Galvao? What do you guys think of that? Oh, man. We're, gonna we're there, going to be there. We're going out
0: for it. Jeff's going, too.
2: I'm going, too. Are yeah. you? Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. Should be
0: fun, right? I mean, like, so I have no would, idea what to expect out of yeah. that match, right? So that like, was really interesting. You,
1: I think, Jeff, you and Ryan were kind of talking about getting tickets. I don't know if you were 100%. He was 100%. And then he, like, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, whatever, I'll go. I don't care. And it I hadn't mean. even crossed my mind at all. I think it was Thanksgiving morning. I'm. Doing getting ready in the kitchen with my family around and Mm -hmm. Jen messages me. She's like, are you coming to ADCC with us? I was just like, uh, I don't know. Like it's cross country. There's a lot of dude. It's expensive. There's logistics. She's like, she's like, well, it's a long ways out. I'll buy your ticket. You'll be able to get a hall pass from Kate in that time. I'm like the hall pass from Kate's not the problem. It's just, (laughs) I gotta miss work. I gotta miss the gym. Like it's just a lot of logistics. And I tell Kate, she's like, Well, you don't need a hall pass. I'm coming too. Yeah. So nice. I have Venmo Gen money for two tickets. Good. Next thing you know, <clears throat> Jeff and Ryan get tickets. So we're all going. Nice. That's right. I forgot you had said that a bunch of people from Phoenix oh, were Phoenix are going. Yeah. A bunch,
2: right? Yeah. I had never been, but the production that, that you guys went last and time? all them made. Yeah, so good. So good. And we all have good seats. Yeah. I I was I was overwhelmed with jujitsu. I was like, I don't know what mat to watch. Yeah. Because I was like, you got freaking Gary Tonin and 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 some other dude going here, and you got freaking Geo and this other guy going over here. You're like, Ooh. and then, yeah, it was just, you had so many great matchups, like all the matchups you want to see. Like mm-hmm. if you're playing a video game and you right. go, I'll be <laughs> Gary Tonin and <laughs> right. I'll be, you know, right, whoever, and and it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, you you, you couldn't have written a, a better a better day a better two days of jujitsu. It was so good.
0: Yeah. I kinda of tend to forget about it, but yeah, I can't wait now. Yeah, I mean I watched all of it online last time
1: on Flow Grappling. I'm just like jumping screen to screen trying to see all of it.
2: The good thing that they did was like okay, so we were on the far, we were at the far left of the of the venue. We were at the far left. So we had we had Matt one and then Matt Two was in the middle and Matt three was on the far end. So we couldn't see Matt three, but the cool thing that they did was that they put Matt three's screen right in front of Matt oh, yes. one. Oh yeah, that's nice. So you didn't have to look, although you could just look mm. right there and be a boom, boom, like yeah. look up and down, which mm. is great because they only they did it on the second day, but on the first day it was Matt one screen one, but it should have been Matt one screen mm, three. Right, you don't
1: want to, you don't need to see the screen of the mat that's right yeah. in front of you. Yeah,
2: so that was a really cool little adjustment that they made that that we all appreciated. I was like, and that made me love the event even more because they were looking out for the fans. You know where was that it? aspect? Where it was, was it when you went
1: in LA. in LA? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. We we're all in the we're all in the good seats. Yeah, I think the the block that we bought we're kind of split between the two sections. I know Jeff, you and Ryan got in the is it the black section? Top of the line, I baby. We're
2: like, the black section. Yeah. That's I think down we're, we're actually coaching. That's how close we are. <laughs> we're actually but coaching. it's cool because like the, the athletes are walking around. Like Gordon was walking around with his girlfriend, and like um, Marcelo was walking around. I got jealous that Juan got a picture with um, Gabby Garcia, and I didn't get a picture. <laughs> I wanted Gabby Garcia to pick me up and take a picture of me. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's she's cool. Um, And, yeah, all the fighters are walking around, and, you know, it's always great to see Eddie and the crew there. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to see Eddie. So, um, yeah, it would be a great time. I'm excited. So we we still got to make our plans. Yeah, we but. haven't actually
0: booked a hotel yet, but we got to do that.
1: Um, as far as that the match goes, Gordon and Galvao. I don't know. If I had to put money on it, it's the match not happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know what could happen. But I I would probably tend to lean that way. Or, okay, let's say it happens. Let's say it's happening right now. They're I don't think Galvao us.
1: has an avenue to win.
2: No? Who sits first? Gordon.
1: I think Gordon would sit first, but I don't think it's going to be for a while. Yeah. I think Gordon has the ability to to get the takedown so I think he's going to explore it yeah for as long as he needs to
2: I think they're going to try to make each other carry each other's weight and then mm-hmm. somebody will sit
1: I think I is going to underestimate Gordon's wrestling ability yeah I don't It'd think it's going to be
2: super exciting I I think yeah it's going to
1: be a lot I of hate it. to
2: say it I hate to say it but I think if if Gordon sits and gets a grip God is going to run out of bounds I just yeah. hate to say it. I just wish you I just wish that there would be more engagement in those kind of like um in, in those exchanges. Like, hey man, okay, you got a grip. Let me try to break this. Let me let me put my defense to the test. And let me just let me go in here. Cause I I'm I'm skilled and, and capable enough to be in these dark waters. I don't wanna just run. Yeah. Know?
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating Andre, but just thinking back on the last super fight with
2: Ramos? was it Pena? The oh, one with Pena. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, there just wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, it was just twenty minutes of clubbing collar ties, and I don't yeah. even—I don't remember much beyond that. I think he, he got. That a was the last ADCC,
2: one. right? Mm-hmm. I—I uh, I shouldn't say.
1: I just don't see that strategy beating Gordon. Yeah, I'm not a huge Gordon fan, but yeah. I mean, you have to. If we're just analyzing, neither am I. But that's a super skill, fight, so. Yeah, I think Gordon. Gordon has all the ways to
0: win. I don't think Andre has many.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: It's interesting that you think it won't happen. I feel like so much of that, I like it's such a big name of such buildup over the last two years of them, mm-hmm. like, barking at each other, right? Like, man, to back out of that for some reason, you've got to be, like, wearing your skirt, right? Like, that's, Yeah, but backing
1: out of it is sometimes easier than accepting the loss. Oh, that's Yeah, that's true. Because there's always, if you back out of it, there's always the what ifs. Remember yeah.
2: what you said about your students students watching their teachers compete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. be the head of
1: Autos. Yeah. Multiple time yeah. ADCC champion. Yeah. You have Gordon talking shit, smacking you in the face. Right.
2: I mean, I'd love to see it. I just, um, I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm nobody, you know. But what I'm what I'm saying is, because I'm what I'm saying is, I'm not Gordon Ryan. I'm not Andre Galba. But what I'm saying is, is Is that I would love to see it as a fan of both of theirs. Mm -hmm. I would love to see it just because I wanna see how I wanna see how it turns out. Yeah. Any any jujitsu guy would want to just like Eddie everybody wanted to see Eddie Hoiler too. Yeah. You know, like we wanna see what'll happen. Yeah. I'm just
1: fearful that it's not gonna happen. I guess as a fan, that's that's the fear. It's we're all gonna get there and it's gonna fall apart. We've already purchased the tickets, we're going anyway.
2: Yeah, but but there's so much more happening. Exactly.
1: that's what the the main event wasn't the the selling point. No, careers. I was just gonna say the same thing. I could care.
0: I don't really care about them. Like that's kind of like the cherry on top. Mm. But for yeah. the most part, I just want to see every badass jujitsu guy. Yeah, it's, it's, you it's know. tons of good jujitsu,
1: and all of our friends are going.
2: Last time, <laughs> yeah, right. Last time, man. Like I, me, just as a guy that likes exciting jujitsu, Gary Tonin was the most exciting person. He had ab-
1: such an exciting performance yeah. last time. Yeah,
2: He's so good. So good, and I, and I, I'm rooting for that guy. I, I really want him to do well. Um, unless he's going against Planet, of course. But I, I really want him to do well, just because he, he works hard, mm. and he he goes, so he goes after it. He goes after the finish. He's not like he's, he's like fiddle-farting around, like you know, acting like he's going to engage, engage, and then just wait till points and then try to do something. I,
1: he's fine with taking the loss at the, the expense of being exciting. Yeah.
0: I've kind of lost track of him, right? He was with one. He's fighting
1: FC for the one for championship coming yeah. up.
2: Yeah, this weekend, I think.
1: is it. And then he's going to be in ADCC
0: later this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't, like, I, I, I'm so myopic when it comes to MMA. Like, I, I find that I don't, I don't have enough time to keep up with the USC, mm-hmm. let alone with, like, UFC, Bellator 1 and whatever else, you know, uh, mm-hmm. PFL that's going on, right? barely like, pick out the people that I need yeah. to worry about.
2: There's just so many events. Yeah. It's just hard to keep up.
0: Yeah. I don't need a UFC event every single weekend. Like, I guess, it, well, I should say that. Like, <laughs> if I'm home doing nothing on a Saturday night, it's nice to be able to turn on the UFC event, right? But like, I watch the prelims most
1: it. of the time. Yeah. I don't know who any of the guys are, but the prelims are usually pretty solid. Sure. I haven't bought a pay-per-view in two years at least. Yeah,
2: But back in the day, like, it was great because there was, like, buildup. Mm -hmm. Once a month building up up to this big fight. Even like three months, six months back in the day, like it was great because then there was build up, there was the press conferences and everything was great. But now it's like, oh, he's got a press conference again, or he's at a press conference. Mm -hmm. It's not as exciting. Yeah. I think
0: the pay-per-views were at the end of every month, right? 12 a year. Mm -hmm. If they had that, maybe, maybe.
1: Yeah. One a month was the pay-per-view schedule and there were no other events in between. Well, that's when it went
2: mainstream before that. It was like every three or four oh, months. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You were talking about kind of those guys when they were early on. And I can remember like 99, 2000, somewhere in there when like UFC One, Two, Three, whatever it was. Yeah. And I remember the only way that I knew who Ken Shamrock was, we were talking about his brother, but like I remember watching WWE. E, F, whatever it was at the time, and them calling him like the world's most dangerous man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who is this guy? He was doing the most shitty toehold. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, what is this guy doing? Like, who is this guy? And then, like, kind of leading into the UFC, right? I was like, man, who, this guy's a savage. Like, who is this dude? That's when he came
1: back and fought Tito.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So funny, like, how old
1: that was now.
0: I remember 10 years ago
1: training with John, and you always saying that. You know, you weren't really into MMA. You weren't really into the UFC. I was like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> and now I find myself telling my students the same thing.
2: Yeah. I i mean, anything above lightweight I didn't watch. <laughs> I watched BJ Penn. That was it. Because yeah. BJ Penn was a jiu-jitsu guy.
1: Yeah. And he's Even like, just tonight when we were up there, I'm hearing what he's saying. I'm like, I thought I made that up myself. Yeah. What? I'm like, no, I'm just repeating what I've been told. Yeah. What? And I don't just... I'll just think whatever you were explaining to the guys. I'm like, damn, I explain it the
2: same way. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I just try to get it. I try to just get the point across, you know, to where everybody could understand it. Some people like to use $10 words or $5 words. I just, I just put it out to where I could, where people will understand it. Yeah.
0: When I've helped you, you said a little bit about this to Ryan today, but like when I've helped, whether it's, like teaching a class here or like helping Ryan in class with like, you know, sometimes someone brand new comes in and it's like, all right, well you got to go show that guy how to shrimp before we can do something else. Mm -hmm. And I always think like when I'm explaining something like, God, that helps me more than anything else. Right. Like me being able to explain what I'm doing, like man, I I can only actually do this 5% of the time, but at least in my head, I know exactly what the steps are. Right. Like such a huge difference. Like being able to do that with someone.
1: I pointed that out last night. I did, you know, my standard, you know, Two of you show me, recap what we worked on tonight. And one of the guys that raised his hand and volunteered was um, a new guy that's been with us two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And he was on the side of the drill that was doing most of the work, and he talked his way through the whole thing. I'm like, no shit, brand-new guy, volunteers to show all of us and does a solid job at it. Yeah, when you can explain it. Was that guy with glasses? Um, The 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 new Ryan? Joe. Oh, Joe, yeah.
2: Yeah, good you framed him. Yeah, good friend. Good him. job. Good job.
1: I mean, I'd be hiding behind everyone I could find to not have to. Some people don't like that. <laughs> I hide everybody
0: people. now. Are you kidding me? I don't want to do it
1: now.
2: <laughs> Some people don't like that, though. Like They're like, I don't appreciate you calling me. I like yeah. that. I was like, you volunteered, bro. You Eddie about? put
1: me on the spot one time. He's like, uh, all right, today's D warm-ups. Pat, you want to show us all? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know all this. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to have it memorized. I'll call it out and just do it. Mm. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Yeah,
2: you know the lingo. Yeah. So you should do, be able to do it. Mm. Put me on the spot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's something about like recalling it and like talking it through. Like, I was just when you were talking about, you know, you're walking around on the ship or whatever and like kind of going through the scenarios in your head. I was thinking, like, yeah, man, just being able to like say, oh, you put your hand here and a cup of this and use your hamburger grips, right? Like that.
2: Well, you got it easy. He didn't make you roll with nobody. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't go, Pat, why don't you roll with so and so? Yeah, right. Right.
1: <laughs> right. I do that sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Eddie's done that too. He makes me roll with the Russian dudes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. i roll with those guys. Yeah. I can't tell if we're friends or we not friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're saying nice words to me, but your, your stone cold face is telling me
2: otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was one time I was showing a rubber guard defense and Eddie's like, okay. He's like, I did it and it worked. And then he goes, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do it on this guy. He's got a really good rubber guard. Do it on this guy. And so I did it, and it worked, and he still didn't believe in it. I was <laughs> like, God damn it, Eddie. What do I got to do?
0: <laughs> it's funny to hear you imitate him because I can, like, hear him saying exactly the way yeah. that you're yeah, – Hold on, hold on. Yeah, he does,
2: yeah. That. he does that all the time. It's really funny. you're on this guy.
0: it on two hours, dude. Two hours, right. man. Yeah. All okay. right, so,
1: John, before we wrap it up, you want to give any plugs for your school? Where do people
2: find you? Find me at – um, on Instagram at John Boteo, J O H N B O T E and then um, also at Tenth Planet PHX on Instagram. And then uh, if you want any information as far as like um, visiting the school or coming through um, to try a class, uh, send an email to info at tenthplanetphx.com.
1: 10th planet Phoenix has been putting out some solid content on Instagram. So definitely Thank you. follow those guys for some high quality video going out. And I always make sure to reshare it and put it up on our YouTube screen in the gym. Um, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google play. Did I miss anything? No. No. I'm sure there's others.
0: I appreciate you not actually asking what
1: the <laughs> what the name of it is. Just I was like, I was about to say us. follow us on Instagram yeah. at the studio tenth planet Springfield. Mm, that may not be right, but I think it's right. Yeah, okay at the studio tenth planet Springfield. If it's wrong, let us know.
0: Just look we'll it up. Tenth Planet Springfield, the studio, you'll find it. It's not a big deal. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks, Thank John. You. Appreciate coming by.
2: Thanks for having me. All right. See you everybody. Peace.